now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Don't know about you, but I'm going to miss that video. Over the, Now we've come to the end of this series on the Beatitudes. Real challenge, I guess, was which one of us here could actually recite that passage off by heart now, after we've had it played to us over the past eight weeks, and get the Beatitudes in the right order, or maybe even just get the number that are there. As we come to just sum up what we've been looking at over these past weeks, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you took your disciples to one side to teach them and to challenge them to encourage them and to stretch them. As you've done that with us over these past weeks, we pray that you would continue to do so, that we may become more like you. Amen. In the 13th century, Richard of Chichester wrote these words, O most merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, May I know thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, and follow thee more nearly, day by day. I think they're words that are as relevant to us today as they were so many centuries before. Maybe it's a prayer that we should pray regularly. We began to pray it for Sophie already this morning, and maybe to continue to do that but for each one of us as individuals to pray that we may become more like the Lord Jesus day by day. To know thee more clearly, to love thee more dearly, to follow thee more nearly. It's a way of expressing our desire to live out the Beatitudes that we have worked together over these past couple of months in the sermons and in our small groups as we've talked these verses through. Pope Francis wrote that the Beatitudes, in the Beatitudes, we have a portrait of the master we are called to serve. John Stott, in his commentary, writes that the Beatitudes describe the essential character of the disciple of Jesus. And they're both sides of the same coin, because we're called to follow Jesus and we're called to be like him. 
If you were a disciple of any, any teacher in the first century, and it's still true in many Eastern religions today, the whole goal of the disciple was to become like the master. You walked with the master, you ate with the master, you talked and were taught by the master. You sought to emulate the master in your character and in your actions. If you like, you adopted, I want to be like you, attitude to the master you were following. And that was true as Jesus taught these words initially to that bundle of disciples, mixed up, strange, awkward, just like us. But Jesus taught them here. In our testimonies, we often refer to giving our lives to Jesus as if it was somehow a human response to what we have seen and heard. And that's true in part. But as we grow in our discipleship, we recognize something even more wonderful, that God has called us to be disciples. God has appointed us to be disciples, disciples to become like him. It's one of the great themes across the whole of Matthew's gospel, from the calling of the disciples in chapter 4 right through to that great commission at the end of chapter 28, that we're to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as we've already done with Sophie this morning. But that making of discipleship is going to be a lifelong learning for her, as it is for each one of us. Jesus' teaching on the discipleship begins with the Beatitudes. If you like, it's the executive summary of what's going to come next in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. I found it fascinating this week reading the rest of the sermon and linking various bits that Jesus says there back to one of the Beatitudes. You may want to do that um, this week yourselves and just see how far are you becoming like Jesus? The task of a disciple of Jesus is to emulate Jesus in our thoughts and in our deeds and in our actions, in all that we do. And when we do that, Jesus says, we will know the blessing that he talks of in the Beatitudes. So how blessed are you feeling this morning after we've spent eight weeks or whatever it is working our way through the Beatitudes? Have you begun to know the blessedness that comes from putting the Beatitudes into practice in your own lives? Or do you put off and say, well, actually, maybe next week I'll get on on that one? And is that blessedness that maybe we have begun to receive as we followed the Beatitudes, is that being a blessing to others? On Advent Sunday next week, we're going to, to skip back to the beginning of Matthew's Gospel and that great genealogy at the beginning of chapter 1. And it begins with Abraham, the man who was blessed by God in order to be a blessing to others. So as we put the Beatitudes into practice, we not only know the blessing of God in our own lives, but those blessings are to flow out to others too. As we've gone through the Beatitudes over these past weeks, we've noted they run very much counter to the culture in which we live. And we said people outside find them very strange because they do that. 
But I think one of the real challenges that we face is, is what is it that drives us? Is it the Beatitudes? Or is it the attitudes of the culture in which we live? What takes prominence in our lives? Where do we see our spiritual strength coming from? Our culture teaches us to be self-dependent, to be resilient, to be masters of our own fate. Jesus says, blessed are those who recognize they have nothing and put their whole trust in him for how they are to walk their lives. So who or what are you reliant on this morning? How far have we brought into the culture which says, might is right, when Jesus here says, blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who have great strength under control. So how do you react when somebody rubs you up the wrong way? When somebody says something which you either vehemently disagree with or which is a slight on your character, how do you respond? Do you respond in the way the world does, in which our culture does? Or do you rely on the blessing that God gives us, enabling us by his spirit to be meek, to take it and to respond in an appropriate fashion, in a Jesus-like fashion? Or when our culture says, you deserve it. Live in ways which please your wants and your desires. Don't worry about that, that's fine. You just focus on you. Do we go along with that? with the great pressure of our consumer society? Or do we follow a way of blessing which comes from being pure in heart and taking those wants and those desires before God first? Again, we need to recognize we'll only become pure in heart when we acknowledge our own poverty of spirit to live the Jesus way. Or when your team in the office has written off one of the other teams in your business or written off one of the managers, do you seek to show mercy and bring reconciliation? Or do you add fuel to the resentment and the innuendo that's there because everybody else is doing it? If we bear the name of Christ in our places of work and leisure, do others see Jesus in us? Do they see us as different because we've let the Beatitude shape us? Beatitudes are followed immediately by Jesus saying that we are salt and light. So if we're living the Beatitudes out, what light are we shedding in front of others? Some years back I worked in, when I was in secular employment and working for... Um, a guy there, he previously had a boss who was also a speaker at Christian conferences. And when that boss and I were working together, a, a, a huge scandal broke out in the organization that this conference speaker was in. The guy got suspended along with others. My boss's immediate reaction was they will never find anything with him because that guy's life shines through with integrity. He'd seen by working closely with him, somebody living according to the Beatitudes, it had that impact on him. What about our lives? What light are we shedding in a dark world? 
Now, apologies at this stage if you're feeling a bit battered. You should look at all those things and say, yeah, that one I've fallen on, that one I've not done right on, that one I've made a mess of. Um, I know how I reacted when somebody spoke to me this past week. For Jesus also said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We sometimes cringe or, or maybe are sarcastic towards the words of the old prayer book, Confession. One for morning prayer, describing us as miserable offenders. Or the one in the communion service, which talks about bewailing our manifold sins and wickedness. But Jesus says here, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We acknowledge our failures. And sometimes that may mean going in tears to Christ and saying, I've messed it up again. Lord, forgive me. But the wonderful bit here is that Jesus says when we do that, we will be comforted. And as Sue led us in that confession earlier, we too will know the forgiveness that Christ himself brings because that's the promise God gives. Think of how Jesus dealt with Peter after Peter had denied him. Jesus' call in the Beatitudes is for us to face our culture in his strength and then to say we will walk in the way of Jesus rather than the way of the world. But how clearly do we know Jesus? How dearly do we love Jesus? How closely do we follow Jesus? What is it about those words in St. Richard's prayer which we find hard and difficult? I'm sure all of us do. I think one of the reasons is that we find it difficult in being different, to be set apart, or in biblical terms, to be holy, because we know it's going to run against what those around us are saying and seeing in us. When we follow the way of the Beatitudes, we become, in the words of Peter's first letter, aliens and exiles. We parachuted in to an alien world, to a foreign culture, to live out something that's different. As one commentator puts it, the church that lives according to the vision expressed in the Beatitudes is a colony of the kingdom of heaven placed in the midst of an alien culture. We are in Christ, but we are also in Winchester. And those two rub against each other so often. We fear that living out the Beatitudes, we're going to get ridiculed. We struggle with the idea that Jesus expresses later on in Matthew 10, that he's sending us out as disciples, as sheep among wolves. It's not a comfortable picture, but that's what he calls us to as we follow him. Which do we love more? Walking in the way of Jesus or walking in our Western liberal bubble? Which do we crave more? The approval of those around us or the blessedness of the Beatitudes? It's going to be hard and we will face opposition. That's why Jesus finishes the Beatitudes with the blessedness of persecution. 
but it's what he calls us to in following him as disciples becoming like him and emulating him. So what, might can, what can help us as we, we go forward, as we take all that we've learned over the past eight weeks, what will help us to keep that walking closely with Jesus? Advent Sunday is seen as the start of the church's year, so maybe some New Year resolutions for you early, but for the church's year. Be setting aside time to regularly, personally read your Bible and to pray. You will never keep close to Jesus if you lose communication with him. Set those times aside. Be regular in meeting with others who believe in the Lord Jesus in our small groups on a Sunday, wherever it might be, and study the scriptures together, pray together. Jesus taught the Beatitudes to a group of people. When we do this, we can support one another and be accountable to each other and can help each other to walk in the way of the Beatitudes. Get involved in Christian service in some way or other if you're not already there. I know some of the ways in which I've looked back and have been really shaped have been those times when I've been working cross-culturally on mission teams. You suddenly are thrown into having to depend on God. You haven't got an option at that point of fleeing and running away. But letting God shape as you serve. And then worshipping God. I wonder whether our prayer times are, Lord, I'm praying for today and for this, that and the other. Do we actually stand back and say, God, I want to worship you for who you are. Pathfinders at the moment are working their way through the Apostles' Creed. And I gather they've got to the, uh, to the little phrase that talks about God being almighty. So they're not all that far through at the moment, but they've got to that. I wonder, is that God for you? Or is one of the reasons you don't work out the Beatitudes that you aren't quite trusting that God will keep his word to you? Worshipping God enlarges our picture of him. So how big is your God? How about setting those times aside to pray and to read the scriptures, to meet with others, to get involved in service, and to worship? Because as we do that, I believe they are ways which will help us to live out the Beatitudes. Beatitudes are a portrait of Jesus, but they give us a portrait of Christian discipleship also, because disciples are called to be like their master. Let's continue to let the Beatitudes shape us as we move on from this series. I'm going to lead us in prayer now. I'm going to pray that, that word, uh, that prayer of St. Richard. First, as an individual prayer, and maybe you just want to say amen at the end of it, and then I want to pray it for us corporately. So let's pray. Thanks be to thee, my Lord Jesus Christ, for all the benefits thou hast given me, for all the pains and insults thou hast borne for me. O most merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, may I know thee more clearly, 
love thee more dearly and follow thee more nearly day by day. Amen. And for us as a community, thanks be to thee, our Lord Jesus Christ, for all the benefits thou hast given us, for all the pains and insults thou hast borne for us. O most merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, may we know thee more clearly, may we love thee more dearly, may we follow thee more nearly, day by day. Amen.